They don't have any sense of purity and beauty and love because they've taken the bait of the adulteress and they've walked down the path and then they come home and there is no burden, there is no delight in, in, in their wife. There is no sense of, wow, you are the most beautiful woman that I could see because God wants to do that in your life. God wants to create the fact and the truth that your wife is the most beautiful woman that you know because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It's a supernatural thing. God can do that. God can do that. God can do that. Hi, and welcome back to Live in the Light. Hey, Proverbs 3.14 says, For the gain from wisdom is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. As we begin today here at Live in the Light, I want to ask you the question, do you believe this? Do you believe that the truth of wisdom being far greater than anything you could acquire in this world is true for you today? Well, we pray that it's true for you. In fact, we pray that you're convinced of those truths, maybe even here today as you join us at Live in the Light. As you can understand, we're walking through a series on wisdom. In fact, the series is the worth of wisdom. And if you'd like to order a copy of this series as we've been walking through it, please make sure you visit us at liveinthelight.ca. That's live in the L-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Or you can phone us up at one 844 light That's 1-844-225-4448. Well, our text today takes us into the middle of Proverbs, in Proverbs 24, and we're looking at wisdom for the home, wisdom for the marriage, wisdom with your kids, wisdom in your life today. It's the promise of God's word, loved ones, and we're praying that you receive it and value it and cherish it and are transformed by it. May God get the glory as we get to our text now. And here now is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. I want you to make sure you know that. Proverbs 5, Proverbs 6, Proverbs 7, the whole, all these chapters dedicated to, son, watch out for the adulteress. Watch out, watch out. Understand how serious this is. So notice in Proverbs 5, verse 15, he's talking now about the love that his son is to have for his one wife, okay? Verse 15, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well, should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely deer, it's beautiful. A graceful doe, I love that. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. Amen, amen. Look at verse 20. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress. Again, the context is a father teaching his son. He is eagerly and urgently directing his son on the path of wisdom. And in this case, what the father is saying here is saying, my son, my son, your love is for your wife. Your love is for your wife alone. Now, one of the things I wish more dads would do in this day, I wish more dads would be able to talk to their sons in this way. I wish more dads, like look at the intimacy and the details and how vulnerable the father is with the son, and just how, how clearly he's communicating heart of what it means to love 
his wife the gift of God. I wish, I wish more dads in our day would have the courage and not be embarrassed and just feel the urgency to sit down. My son, let me teach you what it means. And one of the problems with this is that you can't teach what you don't know. See, but you're not saying you're a perfect dad, but you're saying, I believe in the principles here. And then you admit in your own sense, I have to be better with, with your mom and I, I have to be better as a husband this way. But to have the courage to sit down and say, my son, see, the father's filled with wisdom because he has the wisdom to share. My son, this is how you love a woman. This is how you love one woman. This is how you will become intoxicated with her love. I wish more dads would do that in our day. It's so utterly critical that we can pass on this wisdom of this area of life that can often make a home or break a home. Hey, listen, your, your time's not up, dads. You still have time. It's still opportunities to share the wisdom humbly. I'd love to see more dads do this. It's so important. But notice the plea from the father to the son. He says in verse 15, he says, my son, drink water from your own sister, meaning your love is to be focused my son, don't allow your love to go to strangers. Don't let your love spill like water into the streets and to other people. Your love is to stay at home with your, with your wife. That's why Jesus said, quoting Genesis, therefore a man shall leave father and mother and hold fast. Hold fast literally is cemented. My son, be cemented to your wife as you become one flesh. The father's saying here in Proverbs 5, my son, be blessed with your wife. Rejoice in your wife of your youth. She is lovely. She is beautiful. She's a gift from God. Enjoy her as God's gift. Be intoxicated with her love. My son, do not be drunk with the world. Don't be drunk in the sexual idolatry and sensual idolatry of the world. My son, get off the couch and love your wife. And notice what he says next in verse 20. He says, why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? I believe so strong that one of the greatest killers of sexual intimacy and just love within a marriage, one of the greatest killers of intimacy within marriage is sexual addictions or idolatry outside of marriage. So many men are filling their minds and therefore hearts with so many sensual images and spreading the affection that is reserved for their wife and worshiping other things of evil and sick lives of Satan on images and other people and thoughts and fantasies that so many men are spreading their love to the, to the, to the pit of hell that they come back home, there's nothing left. They don't have any sense of purity and beauty and love because they've taken the bait of the adulteress and they've walked down the path and then they come home and there is no burden, there is no delight in, in, in their wife, there is no sense of, wow, you are the most beautiful woman that I could see because God wants to do that in your life. God wants to create the fact and the truth that your wife is the most beautiful woman that you know because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It's a supernatural thing. God can do that. God can do that. God can do that. He does that in the man who wants it to be true and follows him in this way. That's what the Spirit of God does. And we have to start believing that right now. See, wisdom, wisdom, and this is such a good call for young men and old men and for husbands and for young men who desire to be husbands. Wisdom sees and understands that the sensual idolatry of our world is sick and satanic. Wisdom understands and sees that the sexual addicted system of our society promises pleasure but delivers destruction. Wisdom knows and understands that a moment of sinful pleasure results in a lifetime of regret. Wisdom understands and knows verse 21 right here. Verse 21, they know, for a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. Wisdom knows that. Wisdom knows they can get away with nothing. God sees everything. 
They know that God ponders all his paths. Wisdom sees these things. Wisdom knows these things and says, it is not, it is not worth it. Just to give you a sense of how serious God is about this issue, I want you to look at Proverbs 7 with me. Proverbs 7, verse 21. Proverbs 7, verse 21. Now remember, this whole chapter, the chapters that we're looking at, all these chapters here are specifically talking about the warnings against the adulteress. Verse 21 says, with much seductive speech, she persuades him. Now, seductive speech by the adulteress here. This could be a physical woman that comes into your life trying to lure you away from your family. It could be an image on the internet. It could be a message on TV. It could be a billboard somewhere. It could be a conversation with a friend going down the wrong path. There's so many wicked ways that Satan is at work trying to destroy lives and specifically destroy the hearts of men. All these things apply. Verse 21, with much seductive speech, she persuades him, and with smooth talk, she compels him. All the messages surrounding us all the time. You must see it for what it is. You must see men that these messages and these images. You must see them for what they are. They are smooth talk from the lies of hell. They are seductive speech that are trying to destroy you, trying to destroy. When you click on the internet, following the adulteress down the path, you have to understand you are clicking your way to the path of death and hell. You are clicking, clicking your way on the way to following the path of Satan. When you see it that way, when you see it for what it is and you recognize it's satanic in origin and it's trying to destroy your heart, destroy your life, destroy your affection, destroy your relationship with God, destroy your marriage, when you see all these things, you see the temptation for the image and you hate it. You hate it. You want to kill it. You want to destroy it because you recognize it's not for your good. It's trying to kill you and kill your life. So an image is before you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You are satanic. You are trying to take my life down. And because of that, I reject you. I destroy you. I despise you. Get away from me. Get away from my life. Get away from my marriage. Get away from my relationship with my God. Get away from me altogether. And don't come back. My eyes are for the woman that God has given me as a gift from him, the wife of my youth. That's what wisdom sees and that's what wisdom desires to do. This is the power. This is the power following him. Wisdom sees this. Wisdom sees it for what it is. And man, you can get there. You can get there. You can get there. You can see it as this is true and you can hate it for what it is and you can love good instead. How good a feeling that is to hate what is evil and love what is good, Romans 12. Notice what the Lord says to us right here in Proverbs 7, verse 22 now. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. See that? See that? Make that click. You're on your way to death. You sit on that image. You fantasize about that. You're on your way to death. As an ox goes to the slaughter. Or as a stag that is caught fast till an arrow pierces his liver as a bird rushes into a snare. Listen, he does not know it will cost him his life. Sounds good, feels good, looks good. Let's do it. On your way to death. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Don't believe the, don't believe the hype, don't believe the lie. Man, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Verse 24, and now, sons, listen to the father. Listen, 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 listen. Be attentive to my words, my mouth. Listen, son, listen, listen. You gotta listen to me. This is serious right here. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not strain to her paths. For many a victim she has laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. There are, there, are, there are millions of corpses on the street of men right now. Millions of corpses become the victim of the adulteress. Many a victim she has laid low. Verse 27, her house is the way to hell. 
Our house is the way to Sheol. Going down to the chambers of death. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up and see the wisdom. Just see the reality of what's going on. God help us. God help us. God help us. See the fruit of a husband that loves me. And you have to see. You have to see the reality of what's going on. I want to turn back to Proverbs 5 verse 18 now. Because what I want you to see here is the love that the Bible speaks of is possible. You know, verse 18, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. You know, we read that and, and so many men are in a place where, can I really ever be that? Can, that? can that really ever happen within my life and marriage? The answer is yes. Yes, it can. The Lord is putting that here. Yes, we can love our wives as Christ loved the church. Yes, we can be in a place. See, we've been so cheapened in love. We've been so ruined in the concept of power and beauty and purity within love. But listen, you gotta make sure you take the lies of hell and you smash it to pieces right here. Listen, man, man, look at me. You wanna be a husband one day? Listen, you, you have to believe this right now from the word of God and the spirit of God. You can love your wife as Christ loved her. You can, you can. You can be intoxicated with the love of your wife. It can happen. This is what the spirit of God does. You can't do it in yourself, but it's Christ in you. And what you do, you're like, man, I'm so far from that. I can't, I can't even begin to imagine me being in this place that's happening. What you do is you take small steps of faith right now. And the first step is to believe. You believe it can. You Trust the Lord, not yourself, not the world says. You trust what God says, and you take small steps. You go home. You don't say things that are hurtful. You admit when you're wrong. You seek to be a person who's serving your wife and being selfless in your actions. And when you mess up, because we do, you come back, you humble yourself. You start to believe in small steps that lead to big change. You pray about this. You are seeking to be filled with wisdom. You are going for the Lord. You are waking up and asking God to do what only he can. You rehearse the gospel. Your sins are forgiven. Whatever the past was, that's the past. Now it's the future, and you start to believe, and you start accumulating momentum of wisdom and grace and love and you start to see that momentum start to grow now and as God is working and you fall down you get back up and you fall in the ditch you get back on your bike and you keep riding and you're not discouraged by that and you see God start to slowly sow seeds of grace and love and power and purity and you're saying things differently and you're thinking differently and you're acting differently and people start to notice and God starts to bless and slowly but surely over days and weeks and months you'll be transformed into Jesus Christ and his grace in you starts to evidence fruit upon fruit fruit and love and things that you never thought were possible, all of a sudden you're a man who's in love with his wife and sees her as beautiful as she really is and you're so devoted to her and you love her and you sacrifice for her and you want the best for her and you're amazed as you look and you say, God, look what you have done. You've changed me. You've changed me from what I used to be and now I genuinely, genuinely look at my wife and I'll do anything for her and you can stare her in the face and say, my love, I've never loved you more than right now. And you mean it with all your heart. Oh God, may it be so. That's what Jesus Christ does. And wisdom believes it. Foolishness says that's not possible. Wisdom says all things are possible in Jesus Christ. And I trust in him. And he will do this for me as I take small steps of faith and obedience in the power of the gospel, believing in mighty and fantastic change. This is what God can do. And this is what God says to us today. You can be in the place, husband, that you are drunk with love for your wife as opposed to being drunk in the sexual, satanic, sensual idolatry of our world. This is the opportunity Christ puts before us today again. And wisdom says, I believe it. Wisdom says, I believe it. 
The fruit of wisdom in a home is a husband filled with love. And this is next. Well, let me just say this before I get there. Women, in this, in this space of a husband being filled with love for you, the wise woman knows this, that you can make it easy on your husband and you can make it hard. Don't make it harder than it has to be, women. The wise woman understands that God's design for purity and health within marriage is that intimacy is a big part of that. The wise woman will never take the act of intimacy or this whole sense of love in this way, will never hold that against her husband as something that he has to earn. The wise woman will never do that. That's such, a, that's such a terrible sin that way. Women, don't do that. Selflessness is what wins marriage. Selflessness from the man, selflessness from the woman. It's the love of Christ. It's not you owe me, you do this, I need it. It's, it's we love each other. We, we put ourselves forward together. That's where the power comes. That's what wisdom does. The wise woman knows this, understands this, and trusts God through it. So much we could say about that. I'm praying the Lord will help us to understand husband filled with love. Here's the next fruit of a home of wisdom and fruitfulness is an excellent wife. Turn Proverbs 12, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4, an excellent wife. The fruit of a wise home will be an excellent wife. That's such a great term. Notice verse 4. Notice the contrast here. It's quite profound. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. Wow. I mean, the contrast between excellence and a crown and then shame and rotting bones. The excellent wife can be translated here, a virtuous woman, a wife of noble character, a worthy wife. You know, there's no question that the bar high, uh, the bar here is high, but notice the excellent wife aspires to substantial things. And I want to take some fruits of the excellent wife from Proverbs 31. The excellent wife, she will be faithful. She will be pure. She will be respectfully submissive. She will be immovable in affection. I love that. The excellent wife, she will delight to see her husband honored, not, not cutting him at the knees, not, not taking him down with, with hurtful words, but delighting to see her husband honored. The, the excellent wife will seek to cover her husband's failings, will be prudent in the management of the family. She'll be a lover of the home. And most of all, the excellent wife is a woman who seeks to fear the Lord. Again, this is, an, this is an excellent wife. Now, in one sense, you start going through the list of Proverbs 31, and women, isn't this true? I mean, not that I really know, but, but isn't this true that that list can be more discouraging than anything else? I mean, you look at this, and you see Proverbs 31, just like, really? Like, that seems like an awfully long to-do list. And look at me right now. I'm, not, like, I'm, not, I'm doing like 10% of those things. And husbands, you can sit here and say, man, love my wife as Christ left the church. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm just trying to get through another day. How can this possibly be true? Here's what I want you to see. You, you cannot be discouraged today with these to-do lists that are before you because what they are not, they are not to-do lists. They are, listen, listen, they are Christ in you lists. This is only accomplished through Christ in you. So instead of today hearing guilt and condemnation, I'm not, I'm not, I'm failing, I'm failing. In fact, I remember a woman came up last night in the service and she just had tears. She just broke down. She says, I, I failed as a wife. Now, I'm all for conviction, but my first response to her is to say, hey, listen, you look at me. Jesus Christ loves you and he forgives you. And that's why Jesus died. He died for your failings and my failings. And that's the whole point of the gospel. 
Today's a new day, and you take your past, and you give it to Jesus Christ. And now you take your future, and you give it to Jesus Christ. And you say, Lord Jesus Christ, I cannot do these things. I cannot be Proverbs 31 wife. I cannot be a husband that loves Christ in my own, but I can be with Christ in me, because all the righteousness I have is found in Christ alone, alone. It's only his righteousness that is any good that lives in me. When I access that as the power of the gospel, then I start to see the opportunity, and it's a supernatural fruit that can come through my life as I apply the gospel again and again as a husband or a wife. That's what I want you to see today. There's no hope in, in and of themselves, but in Christ. If we are in Christ, there's tremendous hope. It's not a to-do list. It's a Christ in me list. Christ does it. We surrender. We ask. We want. We desire. Women, catch the vision of God for your life. Catch God's vision for your life and believe Christ in you is the one who can see this through. Proverbs 31 says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. Amen, men? Amen, amen. The fruit of a home of wisdom is a husband that loves, is a wife who is excellent, and thirdly this, it's children who bring joy. Last verse I'll look at, children who bring joy. Look at chapter 10, verse one. Chapter 10 is a transition now from the first nine chapters of Proverbs. Chapter 10, it begins a second major section here within Proverbs. And we encounter this transition. We go from discourses of a father to a son and woman wisdom speaking to the foolishness of our world. And now we start to see here, notice this transition. And the first verse in this transition of chapter 10 is not there by accident. It almost summarizes the first nine chapters. Notice Proverbs 10, verse one. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. See the fruit of wisdom. Say, oh my son, oh my son, would you walk in wisdom? Because wisdom leads to joy found within the home, the joy of parents, but foolishness leads to sorrow. It's almost like, again, the whole truth summarized in this one sentence. Wisdom in the child brings joy and gladness to the parent, brings joy and gladness to the home. In 3 John 1, John says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. John here is referring to spiritual children, but this does not diminish the impact of biological children being in the same place. You know, just recently heard about children in our midst confessing sin seems genuine, an appetite for God's word, contemplating baptism, and the joy it brings to parents and spiritual parents in this church setting to see children's hearts being turned with true transformation. What kind of joy does that bring? It brings so much joy. It's the prodigal son who returns and the father with extended arms and the tears and the love and the joy. This is the impact of wisdom. It's so true that a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. And you know, today what I want to do as I end this message, I want to especially appeal to the young people in our midst. I want to especially appeal and exhort to you in wisdom. Young people here today, you must understand the starting point for wisdom is the Lord Jesus Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which allows us to see the fear of the Lord. Young people here today, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Young people, I appeal to you, all people, but especially young people, I appeal to you, consider your life today. Consider your ways today. Consider your path. Isaiah says, hear that your soul may live. Would you hear today? Would you have ears that can hear and eyes that can see? Young people, I just, I just, 
I plead with you to wake up, to get your head out of the sand just enough to look around and see the urgency of our day, to look around just enough to recognize this world is bigger than you, to look around just enough and see this world is not just about you and about your desires and your popularity and your vanity, whatever else it may be, to look around just just, just enough wisdom to see that our world is getting very, very small and the impact and the reality that Jesus Christ is going to return so soon. I mean, just look around just enough to understand the Middle East is a nightmare. Economies hanging on by a thread. Pandemic diseases are spreading. Countries at war and the brink of war. Evils gathering more momentum than ever. Persecution of Christians at an all-time high. All of this, the Bible predicts, young man or woman, when will you wake up long enough to say, I cannot continue to live for myself and my sin? I mean, do you really think that life's going to go through and you'll be sitting there on a beach sometime at age 60 and just enjoying all the riches of life and casually going through and then you're going to die and then what? And then what? There's more to life than you. There's more to life than this world. There's more to life than just our desires. There's so much more to this life. His name is Jesus Christ. He is real. He died for you. He was raised from the dead for you. And listen, listen today. He loves you. He loves you. Young person, old person, doesn't matter today. The gospel, I exhort you in, I proclaim to you. Oh, that you be reconciled to Jesus Christ. Could you look up today, young person, and see I need Jesus Christ to look around to say, what is my life really about? What am I really living for? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, hear the promise, you shall be saved. Jesus said, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God, Jesus said. Believe also in me. Jesus also said, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in glory and of glory of the Father and of the holy angels, and so soon Jesus Christ will return in glory, and when the trumpet sounds, as we say, and he does return, whose side will you be on? There's one of two people in this world. There's one of two people, for Christ, against Christ. That's it. That's it. For Jesus Christ, against Jesus Christ, and the time will come so very soon where that is made abundantly clear. Oh, young person, oh, old person, oh, any person here today, would you wake up and look up long enough to understand that this world is bigger than us and we were created for the glory of another, for Jesus Christ. And listen, to receive his love, to know his love and to take by grace. You can't earn this salvation. You receive the gift of grace through faith, through faith and forgiveness of your sins. And when, when this happens in your life, you have wisdom from God, you'll never be the same again. What greater joy will a parent see? But you don't do it for your parent. You, you do because you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you desire to find eternal life and you desire to be set free from your sins. I'm gonna pray a prayer right now, and if anyone is here today and you desire to be set free from sin in Jesus Christ, then you can, you can pray with me right now. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, I do pray if anyone is here right now who is seeing for the first time, who is believing for the first time, who's feeling the truth for the first time, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, they would pray with me right now and They would say, oh, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Or Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, you would come and live within me, Lord. You would cause me to know the realities of eternal life and you would save me from death. Oh, God, Jesus Christ, I I believe in you. I give you my life. I want to live for what actually matters. I want the truth to be known in my heart. Would you, oh, Lord, take residence in me that I may never die again? I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God, you raised him from the dead. And therefore, oh God, I take the promise that I shall be saved. 
Oh God, would you save young people in our midst today? Would you call them, Lord, from stop rejecting the Lord and running away? The selfishness would be just thrown down and eliminated, Lord. All the excuses would be gone. And I pray, Lord, any person of any age here today would see you and love you and embrace you for who you are, the Son of God, the Lord of the universe. It's the gospel, Lord, that leads to wisdom. It's the gospel that transforms us. It's the gospel that saves us. Oh God, may many be praying that prayer even now and sing with a new heart, with a revived heart, with a loud heart, the glories of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all for you, Lord. It's always for you and only for you. Well, certainly with a message like we have heard today from God's word, there's bound to be some good, solid conviction. But with conviction, we hope that you also see the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ available to you today for those of you who would turn from your sin and find Jesus Christ and his forgiveness again today. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We recognize that here at Live in the Light. And listen, if God's been changing you and growing you or even challenging you particularly today, and you'd like a copy of today's message to let that soak a little more, we'd encourage you to visit us online at liveinthelight.ca, liveinthelight.ca. And hey, while you're there, why not drop a comment and let us know how we can be praying for you. That's liveinthelight.ca. Or you can visit us through our phone number at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-22-5448. Well, that's all for today here at Live in the Light. We hope to see you next time. God bless.